0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. So glad that you are here. My name is Alan, and we are going to talk about time worth spending in just a few moments. But before we do that, I am thrilled to be able to share some good news with you. Somebody has accepted the role to be our new worship arts pastor here at Mountain Park. His name is DeAndre Clayton. Right here. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) So, uh, I have had the privilege of getting to know DeAndre over the past uh, number of weeks, uh, but you have not yet been able to spend much time with him. He was here in July and candidating, uh, and uh, you may remember him leading worship uh, on that weekend. Uh, But uh, he came in July, in the heat of July, and he still decided to come here. So, that's pretty exciting. (laughs) Uh, So... So I wanted, I wanted you to have an opportunity to get to know him a little bit. So would you uh, share a little bit about uh, your your background, your family history, et cetera? Well, good morning.
1: It's a pleasure to be here um, at Mountain Park today. My name's DeAndre, and I am a native of Mississippi, the hospitality state. That's something I'm extremely proud of. And so most people, they think of Mississippi, and they think of it in a negative connotation. They think of its, its racial issues. But I was blessed to be raised where It didn't matter what you look like. You know, I just learned to love people. And so I grew up in a family. My mom had me when she was 15 years old. And so to some, she felt like stones were thrown at her at that time. But I've been able to watch her story of her being reconciled back to Christ because of the life that I've lived, because of the truth that she instilled within me. Just a truth to just accept Christ and to walk after what he has for me, knowing that his plans are so perfect. But um, I'm just excited just to be here and to be a part of this family and to get to know your families as we move forward and experience what God has in store for us. Great. So uh, your mom was an only child, is that right? Or no? Absolutely not. Um, my mom was the youngest of 16. yes. That's what most people say in Mississippi when my grandmother tells them that she had, she had all 16 of them. There were eight boys and eight girls. I am one of 75 grandchildren. So, how's that
0: sit? 75 grand. Wow. Now, okay, one other uh, question. I know that you had other churches that you were looking at and meeting with, et cetera, and that's part of the process when we do this kind of thing. And so, uh, you chose Mountain Park. And so... We're thrilled about that, and so would you share with us why this place? What, what drew you to Mountain Park?
1: Sure. When I, when I just thought, I'm going where? How do you pronounce this town? Awatuki? Awatuki. Like, what's yeah. going on? You know, as I began just to research, one of the things I saw on the Chamber of Commerce page was a terrific place to live, work, and play. And I thought, that sounds great. That's like the life right there. But then when I was able to come here and visit back in July, you guys extended great hospitality to me. When I left, every time I went to a different church, I kept thinking, they did not meet the mountain park standard or the people were not as energetic. And I was like... That's you all. Good job. So I made the decision to say, you know, one of my mentors used to tell me... um, when better, when, when better is possible, good enough is unacceptable. And so I just thought, why settle for some some other church that's just going to be, you know, status quo? I wanted to go to a church that was interested in investing in the lives of the next generation, so the children that are being cared for today, the youth that are being ministered to, and just to see the arts redeemed and reclaimed here inside of Mountain Park Church. So it's like I'm here to serve with Alan and the awesome team, just to see this renaissance of the arts being redeemed and reclaimed in the church all for the glory of God. Yeah,
0: outstanding outstanding okay, good Now we do have a tradition around here that when we do when we get a new pastor on staff that uh, they are to be uh, uh, humiliated no, I mean they're they're to participate in a competition with me on right. Sunday morning that's just the way it's done okay. here okay All right. Uh, and so welcome, and uh now we'll enter into the competition time and let me just tell you what we've learned from past experiences is it's better. It's better for you if you lose, but that's, we'll see. We'll since, just kind of see how that goes. Since yeah, we'll you're Canadian, I'll
1: let you win. Okay,
0: so so we're going to play a game called Catch Phrase, and uh, in order to play this game, we're going to need some help because he and I are going to compete with one another, and we need a guesser. We need someone, we need an adult who perhaps has always wanted to be on a game show <laughs> with no actual winning prizes. Um <laughs> And so if there's any volunteer who would like to come up and join the two of us and have fun for just a few moments, I'm, uh, let's see, everyone's kind of looking down. Um, But there we go. (laughs) I saw you looking down. Uh, I won't call you out yet, but you are my backup now. Um, Do I see one? Do we see a hand? Okay, great. Come on down. Come on down. What is your name, sir? How do you spell that? Uh, <laughs> come on up here. What is your name? Freddy. Freddy. All right, everybody say hi to Freddie. Hi, Freddy. All right, Freddy. Freddy, I want you to stand right there. Here's what's going to happen is uh, you're going to have this microphone so everyone can hear your thoughts, okay? Hear what you're saying. Freddy, you and I are on the same team. We get one minute, there's gonna be words up on the screen behind you, and I can see those words, and everybody else here can see those words. Perhaps on the corner it'll be a little tricky, sorry about that, Uh, but we can see those words, and in 60 seconds, I'm gonna try to get you to guess as many of those words as possible without me saying the actual word or any variation of those words, okay? So I'm gonna give you clues, and you're gonna try to think of what that word is without turning around. You got it? Yeah, 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 without doing that part. (laughs) Or you can do that when I'm with you, just not when DeAndre's doing it, okay. You got it, you understand what we're doing? Yeah, Yeah, it's gonna be fun, is this on? Go ahead and just do hello, just do, say hello. Hello. There we go, all right, ready, 67 seconds are going. Okay, ready, and go. Okay, it's a place where you get coffee, very popular from Seattle. Um, Uh, 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 It's uh, a, it's it's, uh, like we have a lot of them in the sky, There's twinkle in the sky, what twinkles in the sky? Fire? No, no not, not a sun or a moon, but the little ones, the little tiny ones. Stars? Stars, right. And then, so star?
1: Oh, Starbucks! Starbucks! All right, all right, all right, all right.
0: OK, uh, 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 we are a part of- I don't drink coffee, of... Wait, I don't drink coffee, guys. Pay attention, we only got 29 seconds. <laughs> we are a part of the Rhythm Nation. Uh, advertisement? Oh, uh, uh Michael, uh, Thriller. Michael Jackson? Uh, right, his sister. Uh, Jenna Jackson. <laughs> there we go. Okay, uh, the the place uh, uh, Mark uh, Middleberg, uh, the uh, who created the the, the uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what they said. Uh, uh, the, uh, 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 say Facebook. Mm. Okay. okay. <laughs> Mark, Mark, what? Okay, they all know. Okay. They would have done better. Okay, I got how many? Six? Seven? <laughs> two. Okay, two. All right. See if you can beat two, DeAndre. Okay, we're going to get another 60 seconds on the box. Freddie. you ready to go? Yes, sir. Okay, and go All for right. it.
1: Okay, um, we use these... Phones? N- no, it's bigger. Uh, Tablets. It's made by Apple. Uh, MacBook? Uh, Apple? No. no. H, the next, alpha, the next letter, H. Uh, H, H... Alphabet, H. HP? No, no, no. (laughs) A, B, C, D, E, F, H. Next. Next. (laughs) Okay. Um, Next. Next. (laughs) Okay, I can order online and get it next day. Uh, Amazon Prime? Yes, next. Um, You use this, um, uh, if you're not young, you're... Old. And then you put this on foods, and it makes it hot it's a chili uh, no old it's you use it as an (laughs) antiperspirant you put it on for men it's red it's in a red capsule next (laughs) next
0: (laughs) (laughs) nice job nice job nice job (laughs) good job good job awesome freddie thank you so much everybody give him a hand nice to meet you (laughs) freddie great job Well done. Okay, so how many did he get? One. So then, who won? Let's just try to think. All have fallen short of the glory of God. <laughs> That's right. All have fallen more short than others. Yes. Okay. So, so, uh, uh, would you uh, join with me? We want to pray for DeAndre as he starts this uh, job. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we are so thankful for uh, DeAndre. Thankful for his story, for his family, for generations of music. Uh, that he grew up with and just so many people, so much music, so much love that now he gets to bring that uh, here and we get to participate in that. Father, I pray that he would lead um, confidently with you, that he would not feel like he needs to prove himself here, but that he would just be himself, that he would come, use the things that you've put in him, that we would team up with him and continue to make a significant impact in this community. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you. Glad you're here, man. Thanks. All right. So, we're going to uh, continue this series, TikToks. We're talking about time worth spending. And throughout this whole series, I've had this clock in behind me with this menacing 33 minute clock here. And just as a reminder throughout this series, that every minute counts, every hour counts. And so, we take this hour. Uh, I wouldn't say very seriously. I mean, we can have fun with this hour, but this hour is very important for us uh, in that we want this to be a meaningful experience for you and your family. And so this hour very much counts in every one of our hours that we live out, this gift that God has given us of time, and every one of those hours matters. And so uh, what we're talking about uh, today is an ongoing journey about the value of time. Uh, this week, I uh, actually last week, I bought a new timepiece. I figured during the time series, that would be an appropriate time for me to get a new timepiece. And so I got a Garmin GPS watch, primarily for running. And so I went to Soul Sports and got a, a great uh, a watch there. love this thing. And I, I have decided to wear it because this thing is amazing. It does so much more than just measure your miles when you run. And so I haven't worn a watch in decades, but now I'm, I'm uh, starting to get with this, this trend. Uh, you know, I'm only about six years behind on uh, wearing watches again. But this thing is absolutely incredible. I wear it when I sleep because it measures my sleep patterns. It's got this thing in there that measures how much I move or how many minutes that I'm in REM versus other sleeps. It's amazing, so I wake up every morning and check in to find out how I did. It's really exciting. This watch is is incredible. I I on Monday morning, it was DeAndre's first day, and I made a decision to uh, meet with DeAndre for lunch. And so I knew what my plan was for the day. It was going to be no problem for me to roll into lunch. So I didn't put it down on any calendar. I didn't do any of that. I just uh, I did mention it to my wife uh, that I was going wasn't gonna be home. I was gonna uh, do lunch with DeAndre, and but I didn't write it down on any digital device at all. But at 12 noon, my watch beeped and said lunch with DeAndre. <laughs> I mean, my mind was blown. This, I don't know how it reads my mind. It must like go through my arm or something. It's awesome. I'm just expecting at some point for it to say, hello, Alan, I have transferred your money from your savings account. <laughs> I just think is just uh, amazing. Now, the reason I'm telling you this, the reason I'm sharing with, uh, with you this, is that I had an experience with my watch that I like to call Hal. Uh, I had an experience... <laughs> that actually reshaped the title of this week's message. I was sitting in a meeting and it was a little bit more of a a boring meeting and I was just sitting there. And then some of you are very experienced with this, but this was a new thing for me. My arm uh, buzzed, you know, and then I looked looked down at my watch and you know what it said? Move. I looked down at my watch and it said move with an exclamation point as in you lazy sluggard. I looked down at my watch and it said, move. So I changed the title here today. I had a different plan, but, today, but uh, this morning we're going to talk about time to move. That there, there is a time for us to wait, as we talked about last week, and there is a time for us to move. The song that we sung before uh, I got up here uh, is this song, I Dare You to Move. has this uh, concept in it there's a tension between who we are and who we could be. There is this, there's this frustration in life sometimes about, about where we feel stuck or where we are and where we would like to be. And the way to get from here to there is we have to move. That sometimes we can be so overwhelmed with the circumstances of life that we just shut down. We just freeze. We just lock up. And the only way to break free from here to get to the place that we're longing to be is we need to move. I dare you to move that 's what this song drives at so that 's what we 're going to talk about today and I want to take a look at a at a story in scripture. Have you ever heard the phrase Jumpin Jehoshaphat? ever heard that phrase? Okay, yeah, of course we uh, don 't use that phrase very much it 's kind of an archaic phrase. They used it uh, originally in the nineteenth century, but we don 't know exactly where it came from. most likely it was a sanitized version of a, of, a, um, of an inappropriate uh, expletive. So it's like Jiminy Cricket or Jeepers Creepers or something that people would say, jump in Jehoshaphat. And so that's, that's a cuss word you're allowed to let your kids say, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, jump in Jehoshaphat. But it's actually named after a king from Israel's history. Jehoshaphat was one of Israel's kings. And I want to take a look at his story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. If you brought your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn there. It is at the end of the history section, near the end of the history section in the Old Testament, before we get to uh, the Psalms and Proverbs, etc. So if you have a Bible, you go right into the center. You're probably going to land somewhere around Psalms. You back up a little bit, you can find 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Now a little background to this story. King David has had his time and then he had passed away. We all are familiar with King David the one who fought Goliath, etc. This was at the peak of Israel's power. And so after King David it was King Solomon. And King Solomon had uh, has died as well as in this um, in the process of this story. After King Solomon died, Israel started on a descent. After King Solomon dies, uh, died, there was not clarity on who would be king after that, and so the nation divided into the north and the south. The story in 2 Chronicles follows the kingdom in the south. They had a number of different kings after King Solomon, and they were all poor kings. They were all bad stories, kings that were, did not make good decisions, until we get to King Jehoshaphat, who is a good king, a king who makes good decisions. And so this was kind of our setup for 2 Chronicles chapter. 20. As I said, Israel is, is less powerful than it had been in the past, and so uh, under David's time, it was at its peak, but now they're, uh, they're more susceptible to neighboring nations, and so that's what's happening now. Jumping into 2 Chronicles chapter 20, at the beginning of that chapter. After this, or the stories prior to that, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with some of the Moonites, came to war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. And so this is a significant threat. This is a a real threat to them, and Jehoshaphat does not know what to do. This is a very real threat, but he makes a very good decision. He's a good king, and he makes a good decision to seek the Lord. And he prays to God. At the end of that prayer in verse 12, he says, Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. It's a great little rhyme we get in the English translation. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. But prior to that, he has this phrase that was up on the screen that says for we have no power to face this vast army we have no power to face this vast army in other words jehoshaphat is admitting this isn't one of those times where i simply just need to 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 buckle up tighter this isn't one of those times where i just need to train the army better or create more weapons, or I just need to work harder. And if I just lean in a little bit, I can take care of this situation. No, he proclaims here, we have no power to take care of the situation. He says, we are overwhelmed. I cannot do this on my own. I will lose. So why would I stick my neck out? Why should I take a step forward? Why should I move when I have no chance of victory? Why should I move when I have no chance of success? Have you ever felt overwhelmed with the circumstances of life? Some of you sitting in the room here right now, do you just feel overwhelmed by the vast army that is against you right now in some area of your life? Maybe that is something that has happened in the past. Maybe that's what's going on with you, where you sit right now. Perhaps your vast army is your past. It is some mistake or series of mistakes that you've made that is a, an overwhelming weight in your life. It is debilitating. It is holding you down. It is ruining your days, ruining your months, ruining your life, and yet you're caught between a rock and a hard place because you you believe that if you are honest about that and tell people, if you open that out and and, and let that out in the open, that you will be destroyed as a result. If people find out, that you will then be destroyed. You're destroyed either way. You're overwhelmed by the weight of this. What can you do? You have no power to fix this. Maybe your vast army is your debt, is the way you handle money. That it just seems like no matter how, much effort you spend in trying to to figure out how to make better decisions in terms of your finances. You just seem to get under more and more. You take two steps forward and, and three steps back, and it's just getting so frustrating. You work so hard, and, and why can't you get out of this hole that you're in? It's just an overwhelming weight, and you hear this idea of tithing, that there's an invitation to participate financially in the work of the kingdom as outlined in scripture and you hear that and you go, I would love to. I would love to be able to participate in that, to join in with the rest here, to to participate in what God is doing here in this city and around the world. But you just feel overwhelmed by the weight of your financial situation. Or maybe you feel like your vast army in your life is your anger. It's just this thing that comes in and has so much power. It takes over your moments. That, yeah, you have moments of joy and laughter, and you love those, and you enter into those, but it just seems like right around the corner, this anger just pops right back up, and you don't want it to come, but it comes over and over again. It is an overwhelming presence in your life. Is there some part of your life that just feels overwhelming, and and it locks you up? It just freezes you. It makes you not move because there's nothing you feel like you can do in that situation. This was Jehoshaphat's situation. This is why he prayed to the Lord. He says, I have no power to take care of this. God, would you come and help? And God responds through a prophet named Jehaziel. And, and this is a no-name prophet. We hadn't heard of this guy elsewhere in the in the Bible story, but he shows up in Jehoshaphat's story here, just in this one chapter, just these few verses, and he has a word from the Lord to Jehoshaphat in response to Jehoshaphat's prayer as king. In verse 15, he says this. This is God speaking to Jehoshaphat through the prophet Jehaziel. Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. All these details. Verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Go out. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. You you knew where this was going. I started into the Jehoshaphat story, and the whole title of the message is Time to Move. You had to know that with the Jehoshaphat story, it was going to get to this thing of you've got to move. And the prophet says, go out and face them tomorrow. You've got to move. Yes, there's a time to wait, as we talked about last week. There's a time to wait to prepare ourselves to get strong while we wait on the Lord. There's absolutely a time for that. But when we know that there's an adversary, when we know that there's a clear battle in our lives, something that is taking you out of being the men and women that you believe God wants you to be, once we have clarity on that, that there is a fight for your future, for your integrity, for your heart, then we move. We move. We don't wait, 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 wait. There's a time to move when we know that the battle is clear. The Lord does not show up on the battlefield when we are hiding under the bed. And so there's, there's this story here that says, move. You got to move. See, God is our Father, and that's what a good parent does. A good parent doesn't just take care of the situation, but a good parent says, I want to give you the opportunity to come join with me, that we would do this together. That's what a good parent does. So a good parent says, you know what, you need to turn off the TV, you need to get up off your butt, and we are gonna figure this out together. I'm gonna go with you, I'm gonna help you, and we are gonna solve this problem, we're gonna figure this out together. That's what a loving, good parent does, and that's what our Father in Heaven does says I, I I it's time to move and I'm going to go with you you got to move you got to move a car doesn't change direction unless it is moving you can turn the steering wheel all you want but the car is not going to change direction unless it is moving it's the same thing with a boat You can turn the steering wheel all you want and the rudder can flip back and forth, but it's not going to move in a different direction unless it is moving. You gotta move. Maybe it's not right now. Maybe it would be best for you to get a good night's sleep and just soak in this a little bit and and think this through and pray this out a little bit. But the prophet says, go out and face them tomorrow. If not right now, Get a good night's sleep, but you go face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Go out, move tomorrow. Go out and move. And not too long, because the longer we delay these areas in our lives where there's a battle, where there's an adversary, where there's a vast army, the, the more we delay, the bigger the problem becomes. We know this on the positive side, that there's cumulative value to investing in something long-term. We, we know this. That if you want to learn a new skill, if you want to learn a, a musical instrument, or you want to learn to speak a new language, it takes it takes consistent investment over time. And if there's one of those half-hour sessions where you skip because of a situation going on in your life, one of those half-hour sessions, it's not going to make that that big of a deal. And that one half-hour session isn't going to be the thing, typically, that has us move from not being able to do something to being able to do something. There's a cumulative value to investing in something long-term. It's after a year of consistent investment that we look back and we go, wow, I've learned a skill. Something has changed. There's cumulative value to investing in something, but the reverse is true as well. There's cumulative loss when we neglect something that we could make a mistake for a day or a week or whatever, we can kind of slip up on something, but it is the long-term ignoring of a battle in your life that, that allows it to become this huge monster, this, this cumulative effect to ignoring what needs to be dealt with in your life. If you're trying to plant a tree or grow a tree in your backyard and you you miss watering it for one week, that's no big deal. You just give it some water next week and kind of get back on it. But if you don't water that tree for six months throughout the summer here in Phoenix, the tree's gonna suffer. And if you decide, you know what, I'm gonna give it six months worth of water at the end of the six months to catch up, it's not gonna happen. You can't catch up on this stuff. There's cumulative value to this. And so when we avoid these adversaries in our lives, when we avoid these conflicts and these confrontations and these things that are holding us down, when we avoid them over a long period of time, they don't fade away, which is what we hope they'll do. They get bigger. They get stronger. So the prophet, God speaks through the prophet and says, Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. This summer, I watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy with my kids. Obviously, I watched them when they were in the theater a number of years ago, but it was such a joy to watch them with the kids. And, and I, as I was looking at the Jehoshaphat story this week, I was reminded of a scene from the second movie, from the, the Two Towers movie. The climax of that movie is the battle of Helm's Deep and so the good guys are trying to protect and defend this castle that's built into the mountainside. And the enemy, the adversary in that story is just these hordes of thousands upon thousands of ugly, disgusting orcs who must smell nasty. You don't really smell it, you know, through the screen, but you can, you can kind of feel how nasty these guys are. And they're just, they're just hoarding in to attack them. And the good guys are losing And they're having to back up into Helm's Deep further and further, and they have to retreat because they're losing more and more. They get back into the the center part of the the castle deep in the back, and it's the last place where they are. And they decide to give one final push. They are pushed back into the deep parts of it, and they just say they're going to give one final push, one urge of power at the end, and see what happens. Let's watch that scene. Stand and run. you either know or you can imagine what happens at that point. Gandalf and the riders of Rohan come storming down the mountain and they obliterate the orcs. They just send them fleeing into the forest. God will not show up on the battlefield if we're hiding under the bed. We gotta move. We gotta we gotta go out and and be a part of it and say, I'm I I believe in this so much, I'm willing to 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 do whatever it takes to move from here to there, to get out of this. And God meets us in that journey when we just feel overwhelmed. But you gotta move, you gotta deal with your past. That thing that you just feel like if you bring it up, it's gonna it's gonna ruin you, it's gonna kill you, it's gonna destroy you. It already is. And so you got to deal with that past and pull it out and deal with the forgiveness and let that thing, let the light shine into that part of your life as awkward and awful as that journey might be for you. You let the light shine into that. That's how you get freedom from it. And the Lord will meet, the Lord will be with you in that experience. That's the promise here from this prophet. you got to deal with your debt. you got to realize that on your own, your own journey, you, you have not, dug yourself out of this hole. You have to learn how to manage your money. Take Financial Peace University uh, course here at Mountain Park or go somewhere else and find some kind of management course. Figure out how to spend less money than what you take in. You just have to figure out how to do that. And the Lord will be with you. You got to deal with your anger. Maybe talk to your doctor about it talk to a counselor about it, talk to a trusted spiritual advisor and say, there's this thing that shows up time and time again, and it's, it's, it's overwhelming. You bring that up, you get some help with that, and the Lord will be with you. Go out and face your vast army tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you, the prophet says. This story's pretty, pretty incredible, actually, what happens God does show up, and there is victory for Jehoshaphat and their army because they trust in the Lord. But in order to get from here to there, not only do they move, but something pretty incredible happens. And in the morning after this prayer, before there's movement, actually, before Jehoshaphat and his army jump into the battle, here's what happens, verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So what they do at the beginning is before the battle, before they know what's going to happen, before Gandalf and the the, uh, 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 riders come uh, storming down in their story, before God shows up in a mighty way, they say, we are going to worship. This is why they worship. We just saying, when we are overwhelmed, when we just feel like we can't figure this out on our own, I am going to come and I'm going to worship and I'm going to proclaim just how great God is. This is what the model that they give us. And you see what happens in the next verse. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. So they come and they worship And as they were singing, the Lord comes in and wipes out their enemies. So that's what we're going to do here today as we close. We're going to sing those very same words. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. We're going to sing those very same words. And maybe tomorrow, maybe this afternoon, maybe tomorrow, whatever, for some of you, your overwhelming adversary will be something where you and the Lord meet up on the battlefield because you're not hiding behind the bed. You're willing, you're daring yourself to move, to get involved with it. And the Lord will show up because he promises he will. And maybe today or tomorrow there will be movement for you in this part of your life that has seemed overwhelming, this part of your life where you have felt debilitated, where you're not moving anymore. Maybe God, through worship and then trusting in him in this next week, will do something amazing in your life. Would you stand? I want to pray with you, and then we'll sing this song together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for this story. I thank you for the, the power of the stories of battle in Scripture that help us give a, get a sense of your power Help us get a a sense of the fact that you understand just how powerful situations, circumstances can be in our lives. It just just feels like a, a battlefield of thousands upon thousands of orcs coming after us, and it just seems overwhelming. But God, you understand that if we just lean on you, trust you to show up in that, God, you are powerful enough. God, help us to have the courage to move forward, to take a step forward with you. We worship now and trust tomorrow in your hands. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.